Welcome to the Teen Life Coach Podcast. I'm Coach Sammy, and I am so glad you are here. The teen years can be fun and exciting, but also filled with self-doubt, insecurities, and lots of frustration. I am here to help you along your teen journey and make sure you enjoy your teen years as much as possible. Let's get started. All right, you guys, welcome to the podcast today. Again, we are talking about OCD in today's episode, and I have a super great guest who is very experienced in the world of OCD, I would say. We have Kim Vincenti on the podcast, and she is the founder of Jack Mental Health Advocacy, and she is the co-founder of the Fearless Collection, which I'm going to let you introduce yourself to before I get like carried away in all the things that I love about what you're doing and I love about the Fearless Collection. So tell us all the things about you. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Kim and I'm the mom of an OCD sufferer who was diagnosed at age 10. He's now 29 and still living with OCD and we're still learning how to navigate it. I, um, you know, was completely blindsided by his diagnosis and how quickly he became debilitated. And then I made it my mission that he wasn't going down under my watch. (laughs) So I learned everything I could about OCD and learned to advocate for him. And then um, as he went off to college and got better, um, I decided I wanted to do more OCD advocacy because I had learned so much. And in my day, there was very little out there about OCD and OCD resources. So I thought I could maybe help other families better navigate what I learned through the School of Hard Knocks. (laughs) So um, I joined OCD Jacksonville, which is an affiliate of the OCD Foundation. And um, I was with them for eight years as vice president and then president. And I left at the beginning or the end of last year to start my own nonprofit just because I needed more flexibility and I wanted to expand my reach. And um, I'm still very much concerned about, you know, how families um, can find resources and support for themselves. I mean, obviously, there is so much out there now, and it's beautiful work that people are doing. But um, shockingly, I still get emails all the time, you know, from families saying, Oh, my gosh, what do I do? You know, and and just being able to point them in the right direction is a blessing. It just um, is everything to me. And one of the things we want to do at Jack also, obviously, the best way to get people help is to get them to see qualified clinicians. Um, one of the things I learned through leading support groups for over 10 years was that um, families would come to me and say, my kid's been going to therapy for a couple years now, and they're not getting any better. And I'd say, well, are your you doing ERP? And they'd say, what's that? And I would be shocked that this clinician they were seeing just didn't know what they didn't know. They didn't know how to do ERP or or what the gold standard for treatment um, for OCD was. So we um, at Jack Mental Health want to train clinicians in underserved areas. So, you know, scholarships to BTTI or right now we're sponsoring the first um, Spanish language 
uh, BTTI for the IOCDF. So I'm very proud of that. That's amazing. um, Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's just so much to be done. There's so much great things being done, but there's still so much left to be done. And, you know, I may just be a drop in the bucket in this big sea of OCD, but I, you know, I'll do what I can. Yeah. And it is amazing because as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about the challenges that I went through with my daughter to just even find a diagnosis and to, after seeing so many healthcare professionals and therapists and psychiatrists and still nobody being able to understand like, oh, this is OCD. And as soon as we were able to figure out like it was OCD, then our world opened up to the treatment that she needed and, you know, getting better. But between like not, not knowing anything about OCD and the challenges her, her OCD and just not understanding nobody being able to pinpoint it. And then finally being like, oh my gosh, this is what it is. But there's just I just feel like there's so much of a lack of education on what OCD is and actually being able to like pinpoint it and diagnose it. So I think that what you're doing is amazing and I appreciate all the work that you're doing because especially for us families that are raising kids with OCD, it's, it's very, very hard and it's a very lonely journey and sometimes, you know, very discouraging. And I feel like the support and the help that you get from your team of providers, it makes all the difference. And absolutely, absolutely. And, and some parents may need um, more support, you know, for themselves, Um, you know, leading a family support group, as I mentioned, I realized that not only does the sufferer need that support, but the families, you know, experience a whole um, slew of emotions from, you know, from excessive worry and anxiety themselves to compassion fatigue, to anger, um, you know, to to um, facing financial um, difficulties because of the cost of Um, treatment. So, you know, families are struggling in, I would say, often equal measure to the the person that has OCD. So, um, you know, we really want to embrace them and help them along in their journey. And um, one of the places I hope to do that, I was, I'm now an advocate for the International OCD Foundation, and they really want to focus more on families. And we're going to be, you know, structuring a task force to to offer that to the families supporting loved ones with OCD. That's amazing. And you guys that are listening, we're going to take all of Kim's <laughs> Kim's great things and we're going to put them in the show notes. <laughs> so you guys can refer to the show notes about all the thing, all the things that she's talking about. Um, one thing that I did want you to share with us today was your personal journey of raising your son with OCD and his OCD theme, because I just think it goes to show that OCD really can be centered around anything. And, um, yours is kind of, kind of a, what's the word? Extraordinary OCD story. So, so tell us about that. So since we've experienced this, I've found many others that have a similar theme. Um, but 
you know, 18 years ago, I sure as heck haven't. And, and I think my story is just one small example of how OCD turns parenting on its head. You, everything you think you're going to do as a parent can be changed because yes. of OCD. So um, when my son was 11, he was on a bus to school and he heard um, it was an older kid talking about smoking weed. And my son had heard all the exhortations to say no to drugs and that drugs are dangerous. And this kid scared him. And when this kid got off the bus, he touched arms with my son. And from that moment on, my son was sure that he was going to get on drugs because of that contact. And so it was a contamination issue, you know, OCD theme, um, but it was contamination by weed. So um, it just spiraled from there, you know, excessive washing, excessive showering, you know, raw forearms and hands. Um, we were going to a really great ERP therapist, but it just wasn't enough for him to get better. The whole campus had become contaminated by this one student, you know, all the backpacks, books, everything. And so we went to intensive and in intensive, you know, you do that hierarchy. And we started with some what we thought were low level exposures. You know, we had hemp rope and granola bars with hemp and we had Weed World magazine and, um, you know, just um, hemp incense, hemp body lotion, things like that, that we thought would um, work as exposures, but it just didn't. He knew it wasn't the real thing, even though it was started out scary. He quickly got over it, but he really wasn't getting any better. So I finally decided after he had failed his first round of intensive and we were on to the second that um, that I was going to just get the real thing for him to um, be exposed to. So what did mama bear do? I went out and copped some weed to take to um, intensive with me. And, you know, it took a long time for him to like even put the baggie near him. Um, and, but he ultimately, you know, he never smoked it, but he did touch it and, and he did get better. He realized that he could be in the same room. He could actually touch that thing without, um, dying. <laughs> and yeah. so, so he got back to school, but that remained a trigger for him, um, into college. And I um, mean, you can imagine on a high school and college campus, I mean, it's everywhere. So he was constantly triggered and it was very, very difficult, but miraculously over time, which is proof that exposure works. He was around it so much. He ultimately, after 18 years, did get over that trigger and can smell it, walk by it, you know, whatever, and it not bother him anymore. But it was it was a crazy time. It was, I thought like, this is what I have to do to get my kid better. I was just incredulous, but we did it. We did it. And we, we we've done that with, with um everything, you know, OCD is sneaky and it changes up and we have to switch courses sometimes, but um, you know, he's, he's brave and beautiful and um, he's absolutely my hero. He is just an incredible, incredible man that fights really hard and does beautiful things in the world. And I'm so proud of his journey. I'm proud of you too. Well, <laughs> it's hard. You're right there along with him, but yes, absolutely. Well, that's what love does. You turn up, you turn up. 
Yeah. And, but yes, also on the other side of it, it's, it's so hard to, to watch them suffer because it is such a hard, hard thing. It is suffering too. It is absolute suffering. And, um, you know, I have known and loved many OCD sufferers in my years of advocacy and service. And, and I've grown to love and care so deeply for this community of people. They're extraordinary. They're, they're kind and sensitive and creative but they carry this burden that's unspeakable as far as I'm concerned. It's just awful. But, you know, the good news is, is treatment is effective um, and you can get to the other side. But, you know, it, it takes harnessing a whole lot of bravery and, and that journey that you described going on. Just getting that diagnosis sometimes is such a big piece of it. And, you know, we're hoping that, you know, as time moves on, that access to, to good qualified treatment and diagnosis will be easier. Yeah. And I hope so too. It's easy. Like once you're in the world, in the world of it, you're like, oh my gosh, totally. That's OCD. Like, mm. duh. <laughs> yeah. But when you haven't like that light bulb hasn't gone off yet and you're in the world and you're suffering and you're teen or your child is suffering because a lot of a lot of um OCD it goes on inside your brain and you have you can't see it right you can't see the mental suffering and the mental anguish that's going on inside somebody so I feel like a lot of times it's just hard to pick up on it is especially you know some of those those um intrusive thoughts that are of a taboo nature people aren't you know very um likely to share that very easily, you know, and, and for adolescent boys, I mean, there's all this shame involved and, 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 you know, and adolescent girls, you know, there's, there's, you know, they, they, they respond so much to peers and what the peers are doing. And, you know, if OCD is getting in the way of all that, you know, it's problematic. It, it's just an onion and you just keep peeling it back and there's a different, Set of circumstances beneath. So it's a journey and it's a journey for everyone. Yeah. Treatment. So you said treatment's effective, but OCD, it doesn't ever really go away. You kind of talked about that a little bit where it's like, it's sneaky and it switches themes and it will come up in other things. Right. So, so explain to us a little bit about that. Like if you have OCD, it is, I mean, it's a lifelong journey, but it's not like a death sentence, right? Absolutely not. Unless, you know, unless, you know, very problematic depression kicks in and, you know, people are, are, are definitely at risk then sometimes OCD is absolutely too hard for an individual to bear. So I don't want to say that it's not a death sentence. Um, but, but OCD is, is well treated and there are lots of good treatment modalities so that if ERP isn't necessarily working for you, you can augment with ACT or acceptance commitment therapy or IBCT. Um, and, and, you know, it's about finding those clinicians that are well-versed in OCD and know the augmenting treatment modalities and that can help you along in the journey. I mean, certainly starting with ERP is what the gold standard is, and, and it's very effective for most people. I would suggest that you learn those tools in your toolbox through your therapy. And then when a new theme kicks in, if you can apply that to that new theme, um, 
your chances are better at, at getting rid of it. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, when a new thing pops into, you know, with those intrusive thoughts, um, it feels completely new. And so there's that moment of panic, like, oh, my God, you know, and and you'll start, they, you know, an OCD sufferer will start ruminating and um, looking for reassurance again and um, all those kind of things. But if you can remind your loved one to go back to that toolbox that they learned in therapy, um, you know, it, it usually is effective. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing that, um, intensive treatment has taught my daughter and me is that she's learned so much about herself that if she notices like another intrusive thought coming or a compulsion, like she lets me know right away. And then we're on top of it. Not too long ago, she ended up eating like, I don't know, a very certain number of gummy vitamins because the OCD told her that she needed to eat a certain number of the gummy vitamins. And, you know, it's just like, you have to constantly be on top of it and be aware. And I, that's one thing that I love about treatment is, is like you understand yourself so much better than most people understand themselves at a younger age. Right. And that's not to say that, you know, you know, you go to intensive and that's it, you know, you're fixed, you're not necessarily, you've got to stay on top of your treatment. You, I mean, OCD is cyclical in nature, right? You know, there's highs and lows and it sneaks in, at, you know, when you least expect it, you know, with that mean intrusive thought. And um, it's, a, it's about, you know, hitting it hard once, once OCD comes roaring back in, you know, don't let it go because, you know, OCD is going to take a foothold. It'll try to steal everything you love, you know, and, um, and value. So, you know, OCD is a bully and you got to stand up to bullies. I just want to reiterate that comment that you just said, that sentence that you just said is like, it really will take away everything you love and you value. Yeah, it will. And and that's like how devastating it can be. So I think the listeners know like how hard it is. (laughs) Kim, offer us some hope. (laughs) Well, I mean, I have great hope. I mean, I, uh, my husband and I, when my son was 11 or 12, we, we just kind of looked at each other and we thought, oh, he'll never leave home. (laughs) He's going to be with us forever. He's just too debilitated. And I mean, he's, He's living a big, full life across the country from us, um, you know, working. He's finishing grad school. He's um, in his practicum to become a therapist. So he's actually doing the supervision portion of his training. He's um, doing great, but he lives with OCD and it's mean and it pops in. But he, like I said, he's got those tools in his toolbox and he knows what to do and when to go back and see the therapist or when to hit it hard. And it doesn't make it pleasant, of course, I'm, you know, but everybody has something. And, you know, for the younger kids, if they could see that, you know, that the ones that are ashamed that they have OCD, if they could know the reality that everybody has something, everybody carries some sort of difficulty in life. And this is just the hand that they were dealt. And so, you know, what, what do we do when we're dealt a poor hand? You got to play it, you know, and, and get to the other side. And, um, that's what I see most people that are successful living with OCD doing is, you know, they get through that rough patch, but they persevere. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're so strong. Well, so you were on the today show and then I want to put that link in the, um, yeah, I had an article about, you know, the, the mom out copying weed, um, 
<laughs> published on the Today Show site. Yeah. So that'll, <laughs> you can share that. Yes. Okay. So we're going to put that in the show notes. What else are we going to put in the show notes for the listeners? Um, well, I have a, a great resource list on my website at Jack Mental Health or um, advocacy. But, you know, I refer everybody to the IOCDF website. I mean, just get on that website and peruse it, you know, because there's where all the information that you need lies. The other thing that I would say is if you have a younger kid um, to really spend time on the anxiety in the classroom website, it's invaluable for helping you navigate school with your child and OCD or anxiety. Um, I think it's a tremendous resource and one that I so wish we had had when my son was young. But but yeah, people are out there doing incredible work and it's a, it, it's endless. You just got to know where to find it. And yeah. um, and I think a lot of those resources and books, um, book library is on the ISCDF website, but you can visit my website or many other OCD advocates website that has really good um, resource lists. Okay. All right. Awesome. I'll put those all in the show notes. Okay. And then really quick before I let you go, you have co-founded a fearless line. What do you call it? The fearless collection? The fearless, fearless collection by the natural fearless. life. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Fearless collection by natural life. And you guys, I was just searching for a really cute shirt. <laughs> one day. And then I found a cute shirt on naturallife.com. And then I saw this fearless collection and I just, my heart just burst with happiness because I was like, this is so great. I need to find who created this and Kim created it. So, so tell us about the fearless collection. Well, actually go to natural life's um, social media today because they're, they're releasing all the new um, pictures. And I wrote a blog for them about founding natural life. You know, I was like you on social media and I was looking at the natural life page and I'm like looking at the consistently uplifting messaging that they had. And I thought to myself, I wish there was a, a line of, um, with messaging that would appeal to OCD and anxiety sufferers, because there's a lot out there that's just incorrect, insulting, or um, just plain old hurtful. And I I just got my thoughts together about some, you know, messaging that could work. And I invited Patty Hughes, who's the um, founder of Natural Life, over for coffee. And I had kind of like a presentation on my iPad prepared. And I said, what if you did this? And I showed her, you know, all the messaging. And she was instantly, you know, just like, oh, my gosh that's fantastic. Great. Let's do it. And so we started the fearless collection. We did a number of collections and then took a small break, but there's a new one coming out right now. And it's just beautiful, beautiful things. And I'm so proud of it. And so, so touched by natural life's kindness and generosity, because they give back to my nonprofit, a portion of the proceeds from the collection to do our initiatives and support some of the projects that we're doing. Yeah. And I think it's amazing. Like all the things are so cute and the sayings and the quotes and just the words. And I've bought quite a few things for my clients just because Wonderful. 
I feel like it's just kind of like a warm hug. And then when you're surrounded by stuff like that all day long, it's just a reminder of, Hey, you're amazing. And you've got this and I love it. And so tell us what fear stands for. Cause it really is a cute acronym. Face everything and rise. Super cute. And you know, we want to fear less less, you know, fear should not be what rules our life. And unfortunately, if you have OCD, um, that's what it boils down to. So, you know, let's, let's take the tools we're given and the the education available to us and the resources that are out there and um, put all that together. And we can have success navigating this particular disorder. But you know, it takes a village sometimes. So, you know, schools, mom and dad, friends, spouses, just gather around your loved one that has OCD because it's tough. It's tough. And just remind them how much they're loved and that you can get through this. And sometimes it's a day by day thing. But, you know, what I've learned is, you know, it does clear, it does clear. And there is great joy in um, many people's lives. And, and that's what I want to see. And like you said, the natural light things are happy. They're bold and colorful and the messaging is warm. And, and I, I just hope that it, it encourages people. It does. It, it for sure does. And like, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, this is amazing. You don't see products like that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And well, the blanket and the water bottle are just incredible. And um, yeah, I just, I think there's just so much out there. I, I know that a lot of therapists have bought like the stickers for their clients and the tissue boxes are in their, their offices and things like that. So, you know, they're functional too. They're, the, the new poster book is fantastic. I know a lot of um, girls at the conference were saying, oh, I want that for my dorm room, you know, to put all that messaging up. So I just think there's, there's great products in there. And obviously, you know, it's just a generous move on natural life's part to give back to mental health. Yeah, it is. It is also amazing. And you're doing amazing work and thank you you for all that you're doing. And thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so, so wonderful to have you and hear about your story. And, um, you guys go check out naturallife.com. It's like the cutest things on there. So (laughs) I think my favorite thing is the prayer box. I love the Uh, prayer box. Yeah. So I have one of those for myself, but I just, it's just special, special items. It is. Thank you so much. And good luck with your daughter. My best heartfelt wishes to you and her and everybody out there that struggle. The struggle does get easier. I I believe it. And I feel like when, when you feel like things are so bad and they're not going to get any better, you just keep, keep going. (laughs) That's right. Cause they're going to get better soon. (laughs) So thank you, Kim. Okay. Thank you, Sammy. Hey guys, do you want more? If you are ready to work with me in one of my coaching programs for teens, check out my website, knowingup.com. That's K-N-O-W-I-N-G-U-P.com. Whatever you are struggling with, whether big or small, I can help. We learn so much more in my programs than what is offered here on the podcast. Come join me, you guys. See you soon.